Dawson. Drop that beat to start the episode. We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast. The content of this podcast is intended for an adult audience due to the nature of sensitive subject matter and topics. Share the experience of Romantic Truth with friends on Google, CastBox, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Breakers, Apple, or any other podcast platform. Just type in Romantic Truth in the search and subscribe. Now, here is the host of Romantic Truth, Jowson. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. And for those of you who don't know about the podcast, we are on anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth. You can also visit our page on facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth as well. And we're on all of your platforms. You could just type in Romantic Truth Podcast and listen to the show. All right, folks, what we're going to talk about today has to do with dealing with mama's boys and daddy's girls. Now, what does this have to do with relationships? Let's talk about it. One of the first things that you need to come to grips with, with something of this nature, is that more often than not, these individuals have been coddled, meaning that the parents have made excuses for any of their mistakes, any of their misdoings. And therefore, a lot of times these individuals don't have a sense of being personally responsible for things. And they're reared this way. They're brought up this way. They're taught to believe that they may be better than they are or maybe a lot more flawless than they actually are. Now, We can always point blame and say the parents are at fault for this or the child is at fault for this. You know, it could could go either way. But one thing that we have to understand is that these are some of the people that you will wind up dating in your life at some point. First, let's talk about the mama's boy. This is the most common thing that's really discussed by women. They use this as a derogatory term for a man who's still living at home, maybe in a basement with his mom at his at his mom's home. And for whatever reason, the woman that is either pursuing him or that he is pursuing may classify him in that necessarily that light. But doesn't necessarily mean that he is, you know, one of these people that have been coddled the common definition of a mama's boy is someone that has been. However, let's look at some of the reasons why there are mama's boys. If he grew up in a single parent household and he's been considered the quote unquote man of the house, he may have this uh, sense of territoriality with his mother, meaning that he could not leave her defenseless. So he is going to assume some of the characteristics of the father in order to protect the mom. Now, some people carry this to an extreme, and then you have others that are doing it within moderation. Now, 
Let's look at some of the legitimate circumstances for this to happen. One could be that the mom lives in a, is very vulnerable and lives in a bad neighborhood. The other may be that the mother may be ailing or sick. Now, here's the difference. Someone who's taking care of their mother may, yes, want to consider protecting their mom or taking care of her. But they also have a view or vision where they are also making plans for the relationship that they're about to establish. Now, what this may mean is that he would need to find a woman who's willing to understand that, yeah, they can move in together, they can be together, and that the mother is a built-in requirement, and she would need to understand that. You know, when we talk about compromises and relationships, this, for some women, may be a major compromise. Reason being, if she had a bad relationship with her mother, she may not see the congruency of him having a good relationship with his mother. So therefore, she may view him and her as a threat, as adversaries for that matter. So therefore, this may lead to a bad start for the relationship in general, which means that more than likely he's going to be overlooked by the majority of women because of his situation and circumstance. Now, one thing to keep in mind, folks, the reason why a lot of people are overlooked and not really considered as far as dating material, it's because of factors associated with their situation. There are men out there that will not date women who have children. There are men out there who will not date women that have their man on child support, as an example. So there are a lot of reasons. Now, he would have to find a compassionate woman that could empathize with a situation. And what that would mean, he would have to look for a woman who has gone through or is going through a similar circumstance. I know of one couple that got together and both of them lived with their parents. The woman was living with her mother. He was living with his mom. What they chose to do was to buy a larger home and they had, everybody had their bedroom. They had a three bedroom, two bath. So what that meant was the two mothers actually stayed with the couple. And believe it or not, they all got along. They didn't have any friction. The saddest part was when both of the mothers died due to natural causes in older age, it kind of put a void in their relationship for a moment because both of them had to be strong and depend on each other, rely on each other based on that experience. But what it did, it also brought them closer together. They bonded. Now, these are legitimate reasons for a situation of this magnitude because of the fact that cost is a factor along with the emotional attachment to a relative. That's understood. But the one thing that women usually complain about is not those rare and special circumstances. A lot of times it has to do with the guy who is living at home. He's in his mid-30s to early 40s. He's paying very little rent, if any at all. And he has no intentions of moving out. 
what he wants to date. And the woman wants something a lot more serious than just him living in his mother's basement or in the room at his mother's house. And some women will base his manhood on his decision to do so. Now, other reasons why men will stay at home. If they're paying off debt and saving money to buy a house, it makes sense. So he may not be the ideal guy for a woman that's looking at the fact that she wants to have a baby, have a family, and have a house. So her emergency is not necessarily his. So he may be a lot slower on responding to a situation. And so therefore the woman becomes impatient and she moves on. She's not going to deal with waiting on him to quote unquote, get himself together. Well, here's the thing you have to understand too. This guy could very well structure his life in such a way that when he does decide to get out and buy his own place, he's got a considerable down payment. He's not carrying a lot of debt and he's actually more financially stable than some guys that are already out there bringing a woman into their place and they're struggling. So in some sense, this makes sense. But usually at around 35 or 40, they've probably got themselves together well before then. If he's staying at home because he's going to school, makes sense. Same thing with a woman doing the same. They're trying to save up money in order to buy their own place. Makes sense. However, there are some men who just are coddled and they don't leave home. They like the way things are. They want the girlfriend to come over, but they want to keep that on a level where they're comfortable with it. And of course, a lot of these women will want the guy to move out and move in with them. And a lot of times the guys will say no. And the reason being, they may have it easier at home. Now, there's some men out there that are actually looking for a situation where if mom's cooking the meals, ironing the clothes, washing the dishes, washing the clothes and all this stuff, and he does nothing, then he's looking for that same environment with this woman. And this is where things come into conflict. Because at this point, the girlfriend or the potential wife looks at him as wanting a maid instead of someone that's going to be a responsible partner. And of course, a lot of women write me on the show complaining about this particular phenomenon. Mom has done everything for him. Mom has protected him from everything. And therefore, he has never experienced responsibility. He's never had to face it. He never had to be accountable because mom was always there to run interference for him. So in that respect, there's some other aspects that go on with this. This guy feels as though before he talks to his partner about problems they're having in a relationship, he goes to mama first. This is where a lot of men who are in that situation make their mistake. Whenever a woman finds out that a man has to go to his mother to make a decision on his relationship without discussing it with this woman first or even bringing it to his mother's attention in general, she thinks less of him. Because in that way, she doesn't look at him as a leader anymore. He's nothing more than mama's little boy. And she will treat him that accordingly. Now, unfortunately for some people, they look at it from the standpoint of the fact that, hey, 
he hasn't grown up, he hasn't matured. And so she will then marginalize his efforts to quote unquote be a man. And unfortunately for some of these men who never grew up to be men as far as taking on responsibilities, they wind up in a position where they're trying to prove themselves. So they become hyper-masculine. They try to really be the tough guy, even though mama can call them and they'll say, yes, ma'am, just like a child. And they're still trying to assert themselves and trying to find an identity where they'll be respected on the streets and also be respected by the woman. And that could be very difficult when a woman is facing that situation where she tells them something like, you're trying to act all bad and everything and all macho, you have the nice car and all the stuff, but you're living at home with your mom. Now, one thing I would tell guys all the time, before you go out and spend money on that expensive sports car, luxury car, and you're still living at home, it's best to have the liquid cash, save the money. And mom's letting you stay there at a reduced rate on the rent. Save your money. Have a plan to leave home, especially if you're 18 or so. So if you're going to school or something like that, you want to put away as much as you can. You want to also pay down your debt as quickly as you can. So when you step out of that household, you have an idea and a better perspective of how much you owe. Because a lot of times people will do this and they will actually squander that opportunity by just staying at home and not doing anything but going out, spending a lot of money at nightclubs and different venues on women and not really putting away anywhere, any money or in having any way of uh, actually preparing to leave the house at some point. Now, mothers are nurturers. So they're going to have more compassion for their sons. Dads, on the other hand, are going to be like, well, you're 18. You need to get out and be a man. You need to have take on some personal responsibilities. And usually the father is going to make it very difficult for the son to remain at the house, especially after they finish college or finish school or started a job and they got some money put away. Because what dad doesn't want to do is to become that enabler that keeps that kid there longer than that child needs to be there. Now, it also depends on the posture of the father, because if the mother is more domineering and say, oh, my son's going nowhere, he's going to stay right here in this house as long as he wants to. And then dad has no recourse. So therefore, that sets a poor example for the young man in the sense that he will go in favor of the mom. And the downside to this is, and a lot of women complain about this as well, when this young man does go out and start dealing with women, he looks for more of a domineering woman, being that the mother was more domineering in the household, and therefore he falls in line with being told what to do. And therefore that woman will never look at him as a leader in the relationship. He will just be an also ran or some sort of follower as she sees it, and that's all he'll ever be. He will never reach the status of being a leader in her head. Other things that are associated with this. He may go out and spend money on 
very expensive items in order to get the notoriety and to get the attraction of women. It may be a little bit more charismatic. But here's the thing. Once she finds out he's still living at home with mom, she's looking at him from the standpoint, you're wasting all this money to attract women. Money that you could have actually saved to have been a lot more stable so that when you attract a, attracted a woman, you would have attracted somebody that could see a future with you. And this is the reason why a lot of these women leave these guys because they don't see a future with them. They don't see him as being stable. They don't see him as being someone that's responsible financially. What they see is nothing more than, as they would always call him, a player. They see someone that's an opportunist. So they're not going to take him seriously. Now, what happens with these guys? They usually wind up in a category I call the six o'clock guy, usually. Now, what is that guy? This is the guy that has some resources because he's saving money at home. And he's going out acting like a big shot when he's around the women. And the problem is the woman that has found him out, she's not going to take him seriously. So when they go out, she's going to invite her girlfriends. Hey, so-and-so's buying drinks for us. And then she'll go and dictate the venue. And the guy shows up and, oh, he's loving it because his ego is being stroked. And he's shelling out money for bottles of Cristal and so forth. And the women are giving him the attention. Not because they really love him or like him. They love and like what he does. And what he's doing is giving them a good time on his nickel. So they're enjoying that moment. But what he doesn't realize is that all of the accolades and the notoriety is short-lived. It's just all based on what he could provide for them. And he will eventually wind up being in a relationship where a woman will say something to the effect of, I love what you do, but I don't love you. And when men get into this situation, a lot of times they don't understand the reason or the causation for this mindset by the women. And it has to do with the fact that she doesn't see this guy as being responsible. So she'll lead him on. She'll tease him. And the reason why she would usually go out with her girlfriends with this guy in particular is because they will act as a buffer so that he would never be able to have access to her alone or become serious with her because she doesn't want that. She has no intentions of doing that. She wants to use him for the opportunity. Now, there's another type of guy that falls into this category, and that would be the three o'clock guy. What is the three o'clock guy? He is the guy that she has told him, you're in the friend zone, and you're in the friend zone permanently. The only difference between these two categories of men, when it comes to a woman's perspective, the six o'clock guy gives him the prospect of dating her. The three o'clock guy, she does not give him that opportunity. And what he is going to always try to do is to measure up to be more than a friend. And this is the guy she would love. And she could always throw in his face, well, you still live at home with your mom. You still live in your basement. So as long as she's doing this, he's going to be ashamed by this. And this is going to kind of keep him in his orbit, in his place. He doesn't have the confidence to move out. Mom is dictating everything he does. And so the woman berates him by calling him a mama's boy. And that puts him in his place. And with that said, she can go and ask anything of him 
and he will voluntarily do it because he's trying to appease her because that's what he's accustomed to do, doing with his mother. So he's going to try to appease this domineering woman and he will never gain the level of respect. Some women call them simps. And once you're classified as such, the only time she will ever take this guy seriously is if the bottom of her world completely falls out and there's no other person that she feels as though loves her and she'll go back to her loyal servant fool. And he'll be more than glad to accommodate her. Now, what happens with these guys, if they get to that point where they have that opportunity and take for instance, she was heartbroken and she comes to him and she's purging all of her feelings about the guy that dumped her. He's going to sit there and listen and going to absorb everything up. And then he's going to give her positive reinforcement about he's going to protect her and nobody's going to mess with her. And then all of a sudden he becomes her personal bodyguard. Now, this is an ideal place for him as he sees it. She only sees this as a situation where she's kind of settling for him right now. And so in order to keep him motivated a little bit, she may sleep with him a couple of times. She may even tell him in an indirect way that she really cares about him or even loves him to a certain point because she wants to get the maximum effort and performance out of this guy, even though he's living at home at his mama's place. She builds a rapport with the mom and she realizes the mom has that power. So being that he's in there and he's below mom, she's going to wedge her way into that middle ground as far as that power as the intermediary. And so what happens then, he has two women actually dominating him and telling them what to do. Now, the young lady's not going to be stupid. The one thing she's not going to do is create a conflict with his mother. She's going to get in her good graces as much as possible. So when she does take him from that home environment and they get their own place, she's going to get the best wishings and blessings from the mother to take care of my baby. Oh, yeah, she's going to take care of him, all right, because now mom has given her the reins of control over him. And he's going to follow. This is how many of these mama's boys are manipulated and used by these women. And one thing I will tell you, fellas, when a woman classifies you as a, as a mama's boy, you really have to search within your soul to see whether you are or not. Because you already know whether you are or not. Now, other things that mamas will do. Take, for instance, you, the guy moved out and he's with this woman. And they're living together. Mama calls him over because there's a bug on the floor and she wants him to drive across town to kill him. He gets in his car and he goes over and he does it. Well, the wife feels some kind of way, or girlfriend feels in some kind of way like, well, damn, you know, this other woman who is his mother can go and tell him to come over and kill a cockroach. And he's going to drive and waste all that gas, gas that we need to get to work and back every day. He's going to waste it on that opportunity. But when you have a domineering mother that has that kind of control over that young man, yes, that will happen. And he doesn't have to be young. Hell, he could be conditioned that way all the way until hell. He's in his 60s, depending. Now, this starts a lot of arguments. The mother may need a new roof on the house. 
And instead of taking a second out on the house in order to get it, she'll ask her son for the money. Son goes and has the roof fixed. His woman finds out about it and says, hey, you know what? We need a new car. And you mean to tell me you prioritize that tarp to be replaced on your mother's house for a brand new roof? Are you crazy? And of course, he's going to defend and say, that's my mom, his family, without really consulting her on these things. Now, here's the problem for many men. They will take on that masculine role like, hey, I'm going to do this and we'll deal with the consequences later. The problem is the wife or girlfriend will have some resentment about this and she's going to vent. And here's the thing that I used to always face. A lot of men who did things like this, when I would be out in the clubs for those 30 years, I would run across these type of women all the time. Complaining about something foolish that their husbands did or boyfriends did for their mom. And they're like, well, you know, you're a man. One thing I want to ask you, if your mother told you that she needed a roof on the house, would you take money out of your savings, out of our savings if you're in a relationship to go and put that money on the mom's roof? I told her no. So we'll take out a second on the house and then we're going to have it done. So she's testing her logic to make sure that she's not crazy. And this is what a lot of people do in relationships sometimes because their partner will do irrational things and they're trying to rationalize the irrational. And that can be very difficult at times. But see, you got to remember, a lot of times when our emotions kick in, it trumps logic. And then what do we do? We become logical after we've made a choice. So, for instance, in this case, the roof was put on the house. Savings was cut short. So now all that work that they've put in together to save the money for things such as buying their own house or getting a vacation or some other thing, they have now blown the money on something that the partner doesn't think that's a worthy cause. So therefore, what happens participation in other joint efforts start to cease or wane because at that point she doesn't have confidence in his judgment anymore. She doesn't have confidence in his integrity, which means she can't trust him. And this is the reason why when women use the term mama's boy, it's a derogatory term because implications can extend to this kind of level of disdain. You never know what a person's been exposed to in the past. So they may come out with this. So this is something you have to consider as a man. Now, there's some women who do this generally to be mean. If they don't like a guy, they'll say something like, oh, you're mama's boy, I bet. And that's not always a bad thing. If she has bad intentions, of course, it's better to be a mama's boy than to be her man. It depends on the situation. Because, see, usually what you'll find is women that are willing to berate you like that, they cannot fulfill their own agenda with you. And so what they have to do is disqualify you in some kind of way. And this is their way of disqualifying you by telling you you're a mama's boy, even if they don't know anything about you. 
just like they'll say you have a little dick, just like they'll say something to the effect of, you know, you're not my type. You, you can go down the list. There's a whole different thing, group of things that they can tell you or talk about in order to put you in that category of demeaning you, emasculating you. Now, let's look at some of the positive aspects being a mama's boy. One, if you're younger, your age is going to dictate how you're appreciated by women as being that mama's boy. If you're 35 years old or 30 years old and still at home under your mom and she's still ironing your clothes, cooking your dinners, doing your laundry, and treating you still like that teenage kid, that woman's not going to have any respect for you right off the bat because she's going to like, I'm not going to take on this. This is something that he's accustomed to with his mama. I'm not his mama. And she's got a legitimate argument. If you're younger, you're going to school, you're working, you're saving up money, you're paying off debt. Then she sees optimism. She sees hopes. And then when she uses the term, oh, he has potential. What this means is that she can see a future with you. She can't see a future with the older guy that's still sitting at home depending on mom for everything. As long as she sees some semblance of you trying to be independent of that environment, she's going to have more confidence in you, more respect, because she's looking at the fact that you're a planner. You're actually strategically putting something together for the two of you in the future. But I'm going to tell you, if you're 35 years old in the basement still playing video games and you're working a part-time job and have no ambition to go full-time and you've become very complacent and comfortable in that environment, certain things you have to watch for. One, that woman may decide, okay, an incentive for him to get out of this funk would be for me to get pregnant. An incentive would be for me to emasculate him and put pressure on him. Ladies, if you get to a point that you're doing this with a man in order to get him motivated to do something, you're doing the wrong thing. He should have that motivation organically. He should be able to do that on his own, not with prodding from you. Whenever you got to prod a man to do something, you're in a bad situation, plain and simple. Now, another thing too, with these men, sometimes they will be so coddled that they may quit their jobs. And you're asking them, well, why did you quit? Well, I didn't like the boss. Well, here's the thing you have to understand. When you are a man, you take on responsibilities that you may not like, may not be so ideal or pristine at the time. And by you taking on these positions and sticking with them, it's showing her leadership. It's showing her that, hey, you know what? True enough, I don't like the situation I'm working in, but I'm doing this for a cause, for a reason. You're establishing purpose. You're establishing an agenda. And this is what women like to see. They want to see some scope of planning. You know, they always talk about how women are more mature than men. What they're talking about, in essence, is women plan better than men do because they pay attention to detail. Now, we plan things, but the problem for us is that we have to avoid being too comfortable. And that's one of the main things. 
When I was in the military, the reason why we would go out in the field two weeks out of every month was to avoid the comfort of being in the barracks because we would have to fight in combat situations. So therefore, we had to be accustomed and acclimatized to the situation we had to deal with in the environment. And that's what these women look for. And if they don't see it, trust me, they won't believe in you when they don't believe in you. They don't believe in your integrity, your trust, your commitment. You're done. And there's some women that have gone through this so many times with guys and been burned that they automatically, by default, say no. Now, other things that will apply pressure, pressure to the man. If she's in a situation where she has children and she's looking at you as not only being the stand-in father, but also the man of her house, she may apply more pressure for you to leave home for that purpose, for her agenda. And you have to be very careful with this, fellas, because there's some women who specifically look for mama's boys in order to make them one of their children. Order you around, treat you like a child, then tell you, the first thing they'll tell you is you don't know how to manage money. They get your paycheck. They do what they want with it. And what they have is what is called a working joke. A working Joe is a guy that hands over his paycheck. She gives him an allowance out of his own money. And she does whatever needs to be done with the money, including things that she may prioritize for herself and may put you in a position where you're asking for $20 or $30 for this or that. Well, you have to qualify asking for your own money. And the reason for this is because these men have never taken on responsibility. So they've always allowed it or deferred it to someone else that they perceived that had more authority than they did. Usually the mom, if they're in a single parent household. Now, they're also mama's boys who have a dad in the home and dad is weak. Dad is a yes, dear father. So everything that he answers is yes, dear. And therefore, the mom dominates the whole environment. And if she doesn't want her son to leave the house, dad doesn't have a say in it. Mom has the final say. He stays in the house and she becomes very defensive, even when it comes down to him having a girlfriend. She dictates whether or not he's going to be with this woman or not. But she's going to poison the water by saying, son, you know what? You could do better than her. I don't like her. And with that alone, he's like, well, my mom doesn't like you, so we can't be together. In other words, mom is his brain. Now, the sad thing about it, if mom were to pass away, mom was to get into another relationship that the man said, your son has to go, he would be lost. And an opportunist, a female opportunist would love this particular situation because then she becomes the leader by default. She tells him what to do. She becomes a dictatorial individual that tells her, tells her, tells this guy, all right, you need to man up. And that's the first thing she's going to attack is masculinity, his decision-making skills. She's going to make him feel inferior to her for a specific reason. And for that reason, she's going to assert her power 
and she's going to rule over him like a tyrant. Now, you'll see a lot of these guys that go on these uh, different channels and platforms and they're the, yeah, you know, get them crowd. They're the, they're the guys that are telling these men who are speaking out because I even get them on my show. Hey, yeah, tell those women, you know, we, we, we have a voice and that kind of thing. But here's the problem. These men won't stand up for themselves. Some romantic truth on the podcast what I do is try to empower every person, man and woman, to be an independent leader, not to be a follower of mine, not to be a follower of the podcast, but to be a leader in their own right with their own lives. And that means that they have to be accountable. They have to stand up for things that they not only believe in, but things that they know through fact and not through some emotional detriment where they feel as though, oh, I got to be a macho man. Let me go out here and you know, become a thug or something of that sort. Now, another thing that is a problem with Mama's Voice, according to some of the women that I've spoken with and some of the women in the focus group I have on Facebook, when a man is taking on a persona that's not him or one that's not his own, he's really reaching for something to identify with. And a man who has a lack of identity, a woman will never respect as well. He's trying to act like a thug, trying to act like a gangster, when he's not. And once she sees this, he becomes more or less entertainment for her, a quick gesture. And she will never, ever look at him as a protector, as a provider. She would look upon him as being this manipulated fool that's trying to find an identity. And she will guide him throughout his life if he's not careful and expose him to danger. So she may be feeling some kind of way and says, um, you know, that guy, he's looking at me funny. Honey, he's disrespecting me. Go over there and straighten him out. At this point, she feels as though you're disposable. And therefore, she's trying to see how far she can push you and how big of a fool you will be. So you go and you confront this guy. He whoops his ass. And then he whoops your ass. And then you come back all beat up. And instead of you getting the accolades of, honey, that's okay. You put up a good fight. It's a situation where she says, you dumbass, you lost the fight. You can't fight. You're no kind of man. And here's what you have to realize. This level of disrespect is due to the fact that she doesn't respect you. Now, keep in mind, a woman who gives a damn about her man, guess what she's not going to do? Expose him to a situation where he's on the offense. See, as a man, one thing you learn when you have a good father that father is going to tell you, son, you only need to defend your woman and defend yourself. You never go in an offensive action because you never know what kind of defense they have. And catching them off guard, that kind of thing, is not a good thing because you never know what the retaliatory measures may be. A woman's going to try to protect her man and her family, something she values. 
something she doesn't value, she's going to expose you to as many risky situations as possible because she's taking it for granted. And plus it strokes her ego to have a fool underneath her feet. Best thing in the world for her. Now, do all women think this way? Of course not. Some of them won't even deal with you. The women who have self-respect and they see what's going on, they're not going to even date you. But those that feel as though, hey, my self-esteem is lower, but his is lower than mine. Let me use this opportunity to build myself up. They will go through and use this manipulative tactic. They will use the playbook, blame, shame, and guilt. They will always use those three techniques in order to manipulate this docile man. And that's going to be the way that they actually get you to do what they want you to do. And when they want to put you in a place where they establish dominance, they're going to go after your masculinity. That's the reason why a lot of these young men are walking around angry. Some of them have jail records because of the fact that they did this for a woman to show out in front of her. These are the women that will go out and tell you to go and beat up this guy and take his Jordans to prove that you're a man or have a body count to prove that you're a man because they're taking advantage of that lack of identity you have as who you are. That means she doesn't see you having any values, lower standards, and she looks at it from the standpoint that, hey, he doesn't have any boundaries for me. So therefore, within these boundaries that he doesn't have, I can manipulate him and use them at will. And they will do this, especially if they're younger, because you're a form of entertainment. In other words, your life has been reduced to nothing more than a plaything. And don't be surprised. These women may get you involved in a confrontation, altercation and something. And while you're trying to fight through the legal system, They've gone on and got with somebody else that they respect and will have a child with and probably have a family with. And then when you get out of jail or get out of the situation, they're looking at you like, well, that was a choice you made. Even though they manipulated you in order to make that choice. So overall, as a mama's boy, you have a lot of things to think about. And the way you determine that is how much influence does your mother have over you? where it would impair anything you're doing for yourself in the future. It's good to have a relationship with your mother. It's a different thing when she's making you out of a fool. And this is where you're going to have to have standards and boundaries. So a lot of times as men, what we do is we allow mom to have that creative license. And before you know it, throughout your whole life, she's controlling everything you do. You don't want that. You want to have some boundaries. When I was younger and I got married, my mother told me, she says, son, let me tell you something. She says, first of all, I'm not pleased with the choice you made in a woman, but that's your decision. She says, secondly, don't come to me with any kind of problems. I don't want to hear it. You talk to your wife only. You don't come to me. The next thing she told me was this. She says, now, You will always have a place to fall back in if you ever need it. And it's only going to be temporary. I'm not going to sit here and be the couch you lay on. 
I appreciated her letting me know what the boundaries and parameters were. She says, when you come over here, we're not talking about problems. Don't bring your problems in your marriage to my doorstep. You're a grown man. I've given you everything you needed in order to go in through life. Dad told me the same thing too. And here's the thing I also kept in mind. She also knew me as my mother better than anyone else will know me. And ladies, this is one thing I will tell you. Your man's mother will know him better than anyone else on the face of the earth. And if you have a good rapport with her, you can learn a lot of things about him that he doesn't know about himself. For this reason, you want to always lend an ear because mom may drop a few morsels of uh, knowledge that can really help you in managing your relationship. Not to use it, but to manage so you understand certain things about it, certain idiosyncrasies, certain phobias, certain things like that. Now, another thing to keep in mind too, Ladies, when you're dating a man who's very close to his mother, the one thing that I would recommend that you do immediately is to give him that personal responsibility of a man in that relationship. I don't mean where he's paying your bills or anything of that sort. But what I mean is where he's taking the lead. You're going to try giving him the lead. You don't want to re-educate him. You don't want to train him as a man. If you have to do that, hands off, time to go. It's not your job. Don't wear yourself out trying to fight with the mother over him, that kind of thing. Understand, his mother may not agree with you as being his choice for a woman, but he chose you and guess what his mother will do? She will respect that if she respects him. If she doesn't respect him, guess what she's going to do? She's going to try to intervene and interrupt and ruin that relationship. Don't try to fight that situation. Blood is always thicker than water. You'll never win in that situation. It's a no-win situation for you because he's going to always revert back to her. Now, one thing that I learned throughout my marriage for the three years I was married was that My wife and I worked out everything together and we both never had to go outside of our marriage to consult someone else about the way we function, the way we dealt with each other. We dealt with each other. And then when it got to a point where we needed counseling, we went to the counselor to resolve specific issues. But we went into the marriage with an understanding that if it didn't work, our friendship was the thing we were going to try to save no matter what. Because that was the foundation of our relationship. The relationship sat on top of the friendship. And then the family sat on top of the relationship. That's the way it worked. Now, let's talk about the mamas, the daddy's girl. With the daddy's girl, here's the distinction. She's probably been spoiled by dad. She may feel entitled. So she can be very demanding on men. I had a woman tell me one time, uh, before I leave this house, 
you got to buy one for me. And then we'll look at having a baby, then getting married. I said, so it's going to be in that order. Buy a house, you get pregnant, and then we get married. She's like, yeah, what's wrong with that? And I told her, I said, you know, bump your damn head and falling down a flight of stairs. I said, here's what would happen. I would rather be with a woman that I will struggle with to have a home together. Because here's the problem that I would have. Me and I would have worked so hard to get my place. You coming in complaining about things that would never sit well with me. And she was like, well, how so? I said, it would just be the equivalent of me fighting to save a hill in a combat zone. And you come up as a reporter asking me, how are you feeling right now? The way I'd look at you is if you don't have a gun in your hand trying to fight the enemy coming up this hill, get the hell out of my face. Now, I know that might be rather harsh, but here's the thing I had to explain to her. There are no shortcuts in life. And you have to understand that what she was asking for, I was not going to provide, even though I could. Because what she let me know was, I should just have to walk in because after all, you're the man, you're going to take care of all the bills. If anything goes wrong with the house, anything goes wrong with anything, it's up to you. I will have your children and I'll look good for you and we could have sex. And she thought that that was it. And I'm saying, hell, I could find out on any street corner. I could find a prostitute that will ask for the same thing. At least I know with that prostitute, if I pay her, I'm getting pussy. With you, what do I get? A liability. Now, a lot of these mamas, uh, daddy's girl, keep calling them mamas, but these daddy's girls, they deal with situations that pertain to situations such as dad can only do things. Ma, you as the man can't do anything right. So as she looks at it, daddy will be called for any repairs around the house. Daddy will be called for anything that has to do with financing a home or car or anything else. She'll trust her father over you as her man which means that she doesn't have any respect for you. That means that she doesn't have any confidence in your leadership, your integrity. She doesn't trust you is what it comes down to. Now, the sad truth about this is she's going to try to make you a yes, dear man. Excuse me, a yes, dear man. What that means is you've seen these guys that have been beaten down by their wives emotionally, And she may say something like, honey, I want you to do the cabinets in the kitchen. Yes, dear. Instead of asking him, honey, um, when do you think you'll have time that you could work on the cabinets in the kitchen? I will help you. They don't offer that. It's more of a directive. And so if this woman comes from a domineering household where the mother is 
giving uh, the rules to the beaten down dad, the dad has to just go on and suck it up. And he's grumbling, but he's going and doing the work. And it gets to a point where the daughter will think this is okay to do with men. And she will go and exercise that same right on her man. I'll show him. He'll do what I say. And a lot of times these women will come in these relationships under leverage. They won't have any money. They won't have any resources. And just because they're attractive, they have a nice body and they'll give you sex. Some of them believe that that's enough. Fellas, here's some primary requirements I would tell you. The first thing, she has to be responsible and pay her own bills. I've dated women like this where she had a nice Mercedes, but dad was paying a car note. She had her own apartment. Daddy was paying the apartment bill every month. And yet she's telling a man he has to have a house. He has to have his car paid off. He has to have an 800 credit score, 720. All of these hypergamous ideals that she wanted on this guy. And what it came down to was the fact that she could not provide these things independently if she so desired. So what did she do? She imposed that on the guy that she was with because she wants him to fulfill the role of daddy. It's just like with the mama's boy who wants mama to iron his clothes, cook his food and do everything for him like a child. Well, she wants the same thing for daddy and she wants her man to fill that role. This is the reason why, fellas, you want a woman who's independent, preferably with no children, who's on her own, paying her own bills, doing her own thing. And the only requirement you should have of her is, hey, when it comes down to the financial side, can you pay your own bills independently? Well, if she can do that and you can do the same, that's a good starting point. You don't need for her to make a six-figure salary and she shouldn't ask the same of you. And here's why. You're going for the character of the person. You're not going for the things they have. You're going for who they are. And that's going to carry you a lot further than money. Because see, here's the problem with a lot of women. When a man has money, he has a whole different disposition. He acts differently. He's a lot more calmer. He's not so worried about things. Let him lose that money while he's in that relationship. And you'll see the true character of that man come out. I see that's the distinction. Because see, women have the benefit to choose a man who's doing well. But guess what she doesn't know? How does he react when he's lost everything? And there are a lot of women that don't want to hang around for that. I've had friends, as soon as they have lost their jobs or maybe lost the money that they had in a windfall for whatever reason, that woman is out. Or when you get your shit together, call me up and then I'll be back. She goes over to her mom. She goes, stays with a girlfriend, but she wants you to handle it because you're the man. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. What kind of partner do you have? You're doing this all by yourself. Do you really need her then? The answer is no. You could find a prostitute 
with more of a commitment to you than that woman if she's at that level. And these are the very women that will say, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. I love what you do and you provide for me, but I can't bring myself to love you. A lot of you guys are doing this. You're getting into these thankless efforts with these women that have no intention for going forward with your welfare. The only thing they're looking at, you get sick, hurt, disabled or whatever, they're going to cast you to the side and they're going to move on and find someone else. You're just a number to them. So this is the reason why you want to focus on the character of the woman. Because you may see that you're disposable. Now, other things you have to watch. See, men don't compare a woman to their mother. Because mom's sacred territory. That's like sacred ground. But women will compare a man to her dad. She will do this in order to emasculate you. She will tell you things like, well, you know, my dad wouldn't have done this. He would have just went on and did this and did that and did this. He would have thought about this and did that and did this. They'll throw that in your face 24-7. Because what they're trying to do, they're trying to use every form of manipulation they possibly can to get you to comport yourself to the way their father would do things. Now, I'm not talking about every woman, lady, so, you know, hold your horses. I'm just talking about those who pursue this avenue of thought. This is the way they work. And as a man, you have to recognize this because you spend more time trying to please and appease than you do when it comes down to asking for some of the requirements of teamwork from your partner. You try to do it all yourself. And don't forget, as men, what do we do most of the time? We conceal our feelings, our emotions, especially when we feel as though we can't trust the woman, especially when we feel as though she doesn't have integrity. So she's ordering you around. She's bossing you around to do all these things because daddy used to do them. And daddy would grumble under his voice. But for you, you're letting this shit build up and it's becoming stressful. And before you know it, your life has passed you by. You've been in this relationship that was dysfunctional and you look up and you're 45 years of age and you're like, what the hell have I done with my life? Where has my life gone? What do I have to show for it? And then you look up and you see nothing but debt with a thankless individual that you've been with for an extended period of time, probably have kids by her. And now you're looking at it and you're saying, well, I just have to deal with it as cheaper to keep her because if I were to leave, it's going to cost me money. And it's a sad position to be in. And a lot of men find themselves in that situation. So what you have to look at before you get involved in a relationship, what are some of the things you need to observe? Her pattern of behavior, first thing. Is she always gloating about her dad? And it's okay for women to really love their fathers. But when she starts making a comparison to you and him, when she tries to make you him, that's when you run into difficulty. When she's trying to say, you need to be more like my dad. 
or she says that. I had a woman tell me that one time. You need to be more like my dad. I said, well, one thing, I don't know your father. Secondly, more than anything, your father is his own man, and so am I. And she took offense to it. She said, oh, so you don't like my father. I haven't met your dad. What you talking about? I've only heard all of the accolades you've given him. I said, I haven't met him. I said, as far as I know, he could be the biggest asshole on the planet. So you're calling my dad an asshole. Because, see, here's the thing. She had the experience with him. I never met him. And then when I did meet this man, let me tell you, he was an asshole as I predicted. Because everything was put on hold for his daughter. His wife was jealous of my girl. And I didn't realize that till her birthday party. This man took off work. He had the whole house decorated. He had all of this stuff done, all these gifts, all of these different things, all these friends he invited. He invited his co-workers and everybody. And it was interesting. When I spoke to her mother, she says, you know, he does all this for her. You're a lucky guy because my husband never does anything like this for me. And we've been married 20 some odd years. That was very telling. And I felt kind of bad because her daughter felt as though she was on top of the world. And I could tell that there was a lot of envy there because the dad was happy to have a daughter. It's only obvious. But it got to a point where he was so enthusiastic that he forgot that his wife didn't have the attention anymore. And I would go visit this young lady and dad would be there in the apartment. She had cooked dinner for him and all these other things. And of course, I knew what was happening. He was trying to build another life outside of the one he had with his wife. And they weren't communicating. And I never forget one time she called me up and she talked to me for about two hours, crying, telling me all the things that was wrong in her marriage. And I could tell there was a hint of resentment for her giving birth to her in some capacity. And it was really sad. She apologized for purging, but she got it out. And it made me more aware of the situation I was dealing with. And what I started to notice as we went on dates, I remember one time I went down to San Diego. We were on a weekend vacation and just having fun on the beach and everything. She got on the phone and called her dad and talked to him for six hours straight. And of course, some thoughts went in my head. Well, they're pretty damn close. I mean, they're a little bit too close for comfort. And she always talked about her father. And it could very well been that she was very enthusiastic about him. And I found myself being compared to him on every turn of our relationship. 
Well, my dad doesn't like steak like that. He likes his steaks uh, medium rare. And I'm like, well, I like my medium well. Well, maybe you should be healthier like my father. And then I just got to a point. I just said, you know what? I can't do this shit no more. And I took her back to her place, dropped her off, and never spoke to her again. Ironically, her mother kept calling me even after her divorce, years later, telling me things that I had no idea existed. She and I became very close friends before she passed away. She remarried and had a wonderful life afterwards. But these are some of the things that you will have to encounter because you never know what situation is attached to a person until you get to know them. On the surface, this is where we make all of our decisions, right? We make our decisions without having the information to make an informed decision about somebody that we're going to date. So we make a lot of assumptions. We let our imaginations and our emotions just run rampant. And we always qualify by saying, oh, things will be all right. Or we have a certain set of expectations and norms that we think will be met based on our own biases. And that's not the case. We have to look at what we're dealing with in general. Does it measure up? Does it factor in? Does it make sense? And sometimes it doesn't. And we sit there and we think that, okay, things will get better. And you try to improve the situation and it doesn't. Now, other things with these young ladies. If they're too entitled, they will actually let the dad run everything. So dad will go and take care of things that she never told you about. Car breaks down. She calls her dad first to fix it. And you could have fixed the car in a shorter period of time. You could have just gone to AutoZone, got the part, put it on the vehicle. But no, she wants dad to do it. Dad takes it, puts it on a flatbed and headed, sent to the shop, to the dealership. And they're paying all this money. And then you're asking yourself as the man, what happens if dad's not there for her? And you'll be surprised. Envy will seep its way to the top. If it's a situation where mama feels as though, hey, you know what? Dad is now gone and I'm not going to be your father. And it's about time for your ass to grow up. The difference is with a mama's boy, Dad may be beaten down. But one thing that's not going to happen. Dad may take out his frustration on his son. But one thing dad is not going to do. Dad is not going to take his son and make him this prima donna where he's going to be coddled. See, that's the distinction. And so what you have On one side of the equation, you have the daddy's girl. I keep saying mama's girl. The daddy's girl that's going to be taken care of because if she sees it, 
Daddy's her security blanket. He's the hero. She hasn't grown emotionally past that point. She's still stuck in that infancy of daddy's going to make everything all right. I dated one lady, and this is no joke and no exaggeration. Her birthday was coming up. She was born on March 6th. I was born on March 8th. This woman, who was a professional businesswoman, we went to the birthday party at her mom's place. This girl, 33 years old, acted like a damn child, sat in a man's lap, kissed him like she was a little girl, and had this fucked up high-pitched voice. And it was really strange. It was like she metamorphosized and went back to this child. And she was opening these gifts. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, where the hell did this come from? And then after the party, when I'm driving her back to her place, she says, yeah, I love my dad. And she says, well, he still likes me to be the little girl. And I'm like, okay. But when I met her, oh no, she was Miss Professional. Miss Boss. But that was all a facade. Because that was her way of being vulnerable when she was around him. Now, the one thing that you have to also remember about situations like these is that as a man, you really don't have too much say in this because even though you can poke your head up and talk to her and tell her about these things, she's more than likely going to double down because that's family. Again, blood is thicker than water. Because the first thing dad's going to say is, well, I need to talk to him because she's going to purge and tell daddy everything about your relationship. Daddy, well, you know, he's being mean to me, blah, 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 blah. Because you said no to her, and daddy has always said yes. See, fellas, there's some women out there, and the reason why they don't respect a lot of men, especially these mama's boys and stuff, is because if they've been in an environment where nobody's ever told them no, they don't respect them. When you tell a woman no, she will get frustrated. She'll get upset. But if it's a logical no, she'll really sit there and think about it. And then she'll probably come and say, honey, you were right. I remember one time in particular, a lady I was dating, her friends had a lot of influence over her. And her girlfriend was setting up a trip to Miami. And she invited my girlfriend and was like, well, you know, we're going to be down there for a few days. We're going to kick back and have some fun. And she was going on and on about the itinerary. And so my girl was up there trying to tell me, well, you know, we're going to be going down there. We're going to have some fun. We're going to lay out on the beach and go attend a few nightclubs and that kind of thing. And I said, okay. I said, now here's the thing. What if I were to have told you that I could have done the same thing with some buddies of mine. We're going to go down to Cabo, St. Lucas. And we're going to meet some 
nice Latinas down there. Yeah, but that's different because I didn't mention anything about men. I said, most women will not. I said, just like most men won't mention about the women. And then she started hitting me with, oh, so you're insecure, et cetera, et cetera. I said, no. I said, here's the thing. You're in a relationship. Are they talking about her friends? She says, no. I said, so guess what they're trying to do? They're trying to keep things the way they were. If you're any kind of woman, guess what you would do? You would make that change and have them respect the change that you made by saying, no, I'm not going. And she thought about it and she said, well, but they're my friends. I said, yes, they are your friends, but here's the thing. They're benefiting from you being single and not in a relationship. But if you were to reverse that and act as if you are in one, guess what they will do? They will respect your answer to say no to going down there. And that means they would respect your relationship. I said, give it a try. And she thought about it and she was, you know, pouting and she was like, so you don't want me to go. I said, no, I don't want you to go. And she was like, hmm. I said, well, I'll put it to you this way. If you want this relationship to flourish, you won't go. Oh, you're giving me an ultimatum. No, I'm not. What I'm doing is I'm telling you that I'm not going to participate in this relationship if you're still behaving like you're single. You still have that pattern of behavior like you're not in a relationship. So that tells me that you're emotionally unavailable for me. And she thought about it. She came back about an hour later and she said, you know, you're right. They're not in relationships. They're going to be looking for men down there. I'm in a relationship. I have a man. I have the very thing that they're looking for. And misery loves company, she said. I said, now you got the logic? I said, you see why I'm not hanging out with my boys? I said, because of one thing. I'd be exposed to a situation that would be unfair to you. That's a compromise I have to make for this relationship to work. Is to avoid the temptations and the opportunities. And to respect you as my woman. After she did that and told them no one didn't go, their relationship changed. Because she was under the impression if she had if she didn't appease them that she was going to lose them as friends. But instead, what they did was they started to respect her. So when we were asked out as a couple, guess what they did? They found men to go out with so that we all could go out and date. And she says, you know, I've noticed that change in the demeanor of my friends. They're now a lot more respectful and they're now in relationships. I said, yes, because what you've done is you've set the example for them. So 
who actually was the lead in this? And she thought about it. She said, well, hell, it seems like they followed my lead. I said, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Because see, those friends that did not want you or did not want to associate with you anymore, you didn't need them anyway. You made a positive change for yourself. And for this time, you're not appeasing anyone. You've taken a lead and they have followed you. And this is what you have to do sometimes in order to establish your autonomy. And this is what you have to do sometimes, ladies. You have to take the lead. That Those ratchet girlfriends that are going out and wanting to party all the time, they don't have a man and you do. You have to put your foot down. And those that don't respect your decision and don't respect you, they didn't respect you before anyway. So what happens is you have moved your relationship not only forward, but you've moved the relationships with them forward. So you gave them the incentive to grow with you if they wanted to still be your friend. All the others, they go by the wayside. You know, they may say stuff like, well, I don't like him because of him. She's changing up. No. She changed for the betterment of herself. And this is a time when she looked out for herself instead of just lingering, lingering around with the group. Now, when it comes to men, we don't do that so much because we're not so loquacious. We're not so interactive. We talk about sports and women, that kind of thing, cars. But we're not going to get to a point where we're going to base everything on groupthink. Because as men, we don't like hanging around other men. When a guy gets involved and branches off with another lady and we have that bullshitting at the bar, we respect that. We respect him and that woman. So we quit trying to make advances on women like her because she's with him. And we move on. We don't sit there and try to say, yo, man, uh, you need to go to so-and-so with us. We already know. We'll exclude him when he's free. Then he can come back to us. But for the most part, we're not going to impose. Because you comport yourself to the situation. You don't allow the situation just to continually go on like that. And this is some of the issues that people face when they get into relationships. They want to keep that single mindset and routine going. You hear these women lie all the time. Oh, I love being single. The single life is the bomb. It's bullshit. Many of them are lonely. They would love to be with someone. And what they're actually doing is verbalizing their disdain about being single by saying how much they love it. It's an inverse way of complaining. That's what it comes down to. Nobody really likes being alone. They want to have somebody in their lives. But they might not have found the right person for them. I think you've got to look at your standards. You've got to look at your requirements. Are they set too high? If they're set too high, the only thing you're going to get are people not trying to meet those standards, but people trying to breach them. Some of you ladies fall in love with guys because, oh, he has wonderful eyes. He's got six-pack abs. He's got a good job. He's got this and got that. 
And so you take those standards and you lower them as low as you can, lower your boundaries. And this man is doing all kind of shit with you. And then you find out he doesn't respect you. He doesn't love you. He loves what you do. And then you kick yourself because you made the wrong choice in a man. And God help you if you have a baby with him. Oh, you really full of resentment then. But see, what you have to remember in a relationship is you first got to let the fantasy go and deal with the reality of what you're dealing with. If the guy says he's a janitor, and of course, you're kind of shocked by him saying that, and you find out he makes $45,000 a year, well, you may say, well, I can do better than that. A janitor, I don't want that associated with me. That That's no prestigious title to have. But here's the thing you have to look at. What is the quality of that janitor compared to the quality and character of the six-figure guy you may be trying to follow or trying to get with? Would you want to be with someone who's maybe dismissive? Someone who wants you to thank them for every little thing they do for you? Do you want that person that will remind you you didn't come from shit before they met you? Do you want to be in a relationship where you got to remain silent and then when you speak out, it makes you feel good, but guess who's the gatekeeper of your lifestyle? Even though you spoke out and spoke your mind and you were heard, he still has the power of ending that relationship and also ending the lifestyle that you have with him. That's what you have to watch. And that janitor that you had dissed could very well be the best man as far as character, integrity, that you ever met. And even though he's a janitor and doesn't have a prestigious job title, he's consistent. He pays his bills on time. Not to say that the wealthier guy won't be able to do that too. But you realize you have to work with him in the relationship. And as you work with him, he respects you more and more. With the wealthier guy, he doesn't have to do that. You're nothing more than an accessory to him because he knows he can get another woman. He's got the money. He's got the panache, the charisma, the narcissism. So you become one of the lucky ones he chose out of the barrel. And he could throw you back in and get another fish. So this is something you have to watch, ladies. Seriously. Now, Another thing for you guys when it comes down to these daddy's girls. Also keep in mind that it may be a situation where the daddy's girl runs into conflict with her mother. And that could be a messed up situation. When it gets to a point where it's too hot in the kitchen, in other words, where she's feuding with the mom over dad's time, 
Mom wants more time with her husband. Daughter's out of the house, grown and gone with her new man. And yet she's trying to bring herself back into that environment because she wants daddy to do this, that, and a third for her. Maybe fix up her apartment, get her a new place, you name it. At some point, the mom's going to put her foot down and say, he's not your man, he's mine. And when it gets to that point, it's difficult for her man, the daughter's man, to intervene. Because now this is a family dispute. And this is something that's probably been going on longer than you guys have been dating. And you have to be very observant about it. And I will tell you, when that mother decides to contact you and talk to you about problems that they're having with their daughter, about the daughter asking too much of the father, and the mom puts that pressure on you by saying, you know what? Yeah, her father is paying her rent in her apartment. He's paying her car payment. He's paying her car insurance. Yes, she's working, but you will have to help me get her where she's weaned from her dad and she can do things herself. You're stepping into a domestic situation that you probably had no idea you were stepping into when you initially started dating this young lady because when you saw her initially, she had the nice car, she had the nice place, she had all of these pristine things going on. And you're thinking that, hey, you know, she can carry her own. She can take care of herself. And then when you find what's really going on behind the scenes, then you got to make a choice. Because you have to remember, you're not her father. But what she may do is put the responsibilities that she had with dad because she was so well taken care of by dad onto you. And this can be daunting for some men. Because if dad is making 60, 70, 100,000 a year or so, and you're just starting out in your career making about 45 to 50, she's going to have certain standards set that she feels as though you should meet. But see, what you have to remember, she's never put any work in. You've put in the work. And as a man, you need to look for a partner that's going to be willing to shoulder the burden with you. Because one thing you have to realize, whenever a man takes in a woman, usually things are good for him. He has a job. He has money. But that does not prove the character of the person until you're without it. You lose your job. You have a downfall financially in some way. Then you see the true character of the person. So you can't measure the integrity of someone just based on things are being good. It's when things go south is when you see the true character. Because, see, here's the thing. The person doesn't change. They just had dormant elements in their personality that was not exposed based on the fact that the situation had not rose to that level. Now, a lot of women get frustrated with these mama's boys, as I've told you before, for many other reasons. One of them being they're too dependent on mom. In other words, the woman feels as though the mom is doing the work she should be doing. The mom is looking at the fact that this is my boy. I want to protect him. And I'm not just going to let him go out there with any other woman. But here's the problem for many mothers. 
they have to know how to cut the apron strings as well because they become so dependent on their sons to take the place of the father that before you know it, a lot of these women will call their children at eight, nine years old, the man of the house. He's not the man of anything. He's a boy growing up in your household that you have to raise. And sadly, a lot of these women will use what is called parentification on their young men. Men that meaning that instead of just giving the child chores like most parents would do, they give him responsibilities like that of a man. He has to come in with a certain amount of money every month in order to help pay a light bill to rent. She may use his name and credit in order to get the lights or cable put on. And what that does, that put this young man under undue pressure. And he doesn't realize that he has to be responsible at such a young age. And what she's done is poured this responsibility of a grown man on him. So he's not prepared for that. And then when he grows up into an adult around 18 or 19, and he winds up getting with a woman, if she's domineering like his mother was, guess what happens? He goes in and falls into place with her. And therefore, that woman doesn't respect him because she looks at a man who is really not a man emotionally. He's not a man as far as knowing what responsibility is. And God help him if he has a child with this woman, because then she is going to control him. He has no control at that point, no bearing on what he needs to do as that responsible man, because mama has taken care of everything throughout the day. You know, it's a really amazing to see some of these court cases when you have a man that's up for attempted murder and he's looking at 10 to 15 years. And what does mama do? She comes in there and she lies in front of the court, brings up pictures when he was eight, nine years old playing football and Pop Warner. And this man's 35 years old and he has to be responsible for himself and his mother's making excuses for him. It's hard for a woman to respect a man that's allowing that to happen. Because the one thing that women look for in a man is security. They're looking for some sort of um, stability, emotional stability, more so than financial. A lot of men are hung up on the fact that they think they have to make all this money to attract the women. And the problem for most men, they focus on that so much until they miss the fundamental thing that a woman is looking for. She's looking for emotional stability. She's looking for someone she could build with, someone she could trust. She's looking for someone with integrity. And ladies, I tell you, the thing that men look for out of you is not honesty. You can go on any of these profiles on these dating sites. You will see a woman and the first thing she's going to put on there is she wants someone that's honest. She's looking for honesty. We don't take that seriously as men. And here's why. Because every time it never fails with us, we will find a woman asks for honesty, but she's not honest because she will omit something or she will go and just totally deflect now, the reason why she may do this is for various reasons. She wants to protect her reputation. She don't want to be embarrassed. And that's understandable because society is very difficult. They're very hard on women. If a woman says she's horny, she's looked upon as being a whore, being loose, where she's actually expressing herself in her desires. A man could say that and they'll just laugh it off. 
So when we talk about equality, we're still dealing with that, you know, imbalance in society. Why shouldn't a woman be able to express herself just like a man does in that regard? So we have to look at a lot of things here when it comes down to that. When it comes down to these relationships and you're looking for someone to be a partner in your life, you have to look for certain things beyond the obvious, beyond the cosmetic overtures that attract us to each other. What kind of caliber quality of the person are you dealing with? What are you dealing with as far as their emotional stability? What are you dealing with when they can tell them about themselves? When you say, well, tell me about yourself. Well, what do you want to know? I own a Mercedes. I have a big house. I have money. The woman that tells him, that's all I want. I want to hear that shit. Tell me about you. Tell me about your sense of humor. Tell me about the things that drive you, gives you a purpose in life. Tell me about the quality of a woman you're looking for. Tell me about those things. Tell me about what you have to offer a woman beyond your penis and your pay, and your paycheck. These are the things women want to know because they've already gone through that. And what happens, they get tired of hearing the same old thing from guys. Fellas, one thing I will tell you, the first level of respect you give a woman is calling her by her name, asking her, hey, what's your name? Not, hey, shawty, what's up? Because at this point, she's recognized uniquely for what her parents gave her. They gave her an identity. She wants to be respected on that level. And when she hears that, it makes her feel better about herself. It makes her feel as though she has arrived. Calling her queen and all the rest of these self-appropriated titles mean nothing. Because you think about it, who can be a queen? A trans woman can be a queen. A drag queen is a queen. You can go down that list. But to distinguish her as who she is and recognize her and respect her for who she is and who she was born to be, that goes a long way. Because at that point, she's looking at it from the standpoint, he respects me. And fellas, I tell you, there are three things with a woman, three levels you have to get through to her. The cerebral, the intellectual level. Then the emotional level. Can she see herself in a relationship with you? And if she can, guess what she's going to do? She's going to already have that emotional affair with you. Then the intimacy. But see, those three steps take a very long time to get to. Because the thing is, she wants to make sure she makes the right choice. Women have more choices in men than men have in women. A lot of men get the best woman they can get. Women get the man that they think is the best that they want. And that's the distinction because they have so many choices. And it weighs heavy on a woman when she's made poor choices in men, especially if she's had a whole bunch of children with different men because she wants to get it right at some point. And a lot of times these women did not have the upbringing or background to put them in a position to make those choices. So they may have grown up in a dysfunctional household. They may have seen mom have five or six boyfriends. This young lady may not know who her father is. 
And so these things will have a lasting impact into their adult lives. So by the time they're grown, you're wondering when you meet this person, damn, why is she like this? Or damn, why does she have so many children? And what you'll find is that she may not have got that affirmation of love from her mother or from her parents growing up. And therefore, she's looking for unconditional love. So she gets with these plethora of men, thinking that that's going to solve the problem. And she finds that having a child with them may be the answer as she sees it. But that's a short-term solution because she's looking for somebody that's going to love her unconditionally. And that's a whole different psychotropic deal there. And as a man, you have to understand that you will run across people like this in your travels and forest relationships. Because everybody has a different narrative. Everybody has a different story. And people are embarrassed about certain aspects of their lives. And so they omit, they deflect. And the last thing they want to do is to reveal something that will make them look in a bad light or make them look very vulnerable. And they don't want that. And they fight like hell to avoid that because if they don't, they know the answer. It may not be the one that they want to hear. Now, another thing we have to come to grips with, there are a lot of men out there that grew up in dysfunctional environments and they are questioning their masculinity, their sexuality, because they've grown up in a household full of nothing but women. So they don't really have a positive male role model in some cases. And so they look at the drug dealer. They may look at somebody else who's in business and read their book cover to cover, like Donald Trump's book that some people have read, The Art of the Deal, which wasn't even written by him. But one thing that you have to understand, these people do not disclose some of the things they had to do to get where they are. They're only going to give you the stuff in a positive light. They're never going to tell you the nitty gritty. They're never going to tell you facts like some may have had to sleep in cars or they may have to beg for food or they may have to go to a homeless shelter. They don't talk about those things because it would compromise the view of that person would have of them. So what you have to understand is one thing. The narrative that someone gives you is the narrative that puts them in the positive light initially. And you, if you're going to be with this person, you got to dig between the weeds. I always tell you, there are three things, four things that you really have to assess of a person. You're looking at the results, where they are right now. And when I'm saying results, I'm talking about the mental and emotional state of that person. You look at the situation they're in. Why are they in that situation? Then you backtrack it back to their behavior. Then you backtrack it back to their character. And you'll have a complete view of that person you're dealing with. That's the scope of it. Now, the thing is, you have to make a judgment. People don't like using the word judgment because in this day and age, we like to be in our feelings all the time. But we have to be factual because after all, this person is going to have an impact on your life, whether you like it or not, positive or negative or indifferent. You don't know yet. So as you get to know this person, you can assess whether or not Hey, should I stay or should I go? Will this person be better off with me as a friend as opposed to a lover? And you have to make that assessment. And when you make it, you have to have factual reasons why you've made that decision. 
because the one thing that you don't want to do is to go and put a person in the friend zone, then take them out of the friend zone and say, hey, you know what? Maybe we can work on this. That person's going to look at you and say, well, wait a minute now. Can you make really good decisions? Because you threw me away. Now you want me back. As I tell you, folks, when it comes to relationships, it's best to start out as friends first. That's the foundation of your relationship, the friendship. On top of that, you layer the relationship. And if you choose to have a family, you layer the family on top of the relationship. The friendship is what it will endure no matter what happens in the relationship. You have that. That's the civility. That's the reasoning. That is the rationale for you to be together. That's the motivation for you to go on as a couple. That's going to be important because see, as you get older in relationships, your friendship is what you're going to lean on more than the sex, than the love and all the rest. Because that's what's going to carry you through. You look at a lot of these elderly couples. Give you an example. My uncle and aunt were the oldest interracial couple in the state of California for several years. They were married for 70 years together. She was Hispanic. He was black. And the thing was, they learned over the years that their friendship is what kept the marriage going more so than the relationship. And that's what it takes. But a lot of times we start out the wrong way. We start out with hookups. We start out with friends with benefits. And by the way, just to mention a few words about FWB relationships, what you have to remember, if you're involved with a friends with benefits relationship, that means that you were not the first choice for that person. This is something that they're doing with you because they trust you on a casual basis, but you're not the goal that they seek. You're just a stop along the way. And that's it. When they are getting serious about someone else, what are they going to do? They're going to lay off the sex and the intimacy. And they're going to save themselves and go through that spell of clearing their system before they get involved with someone else in a relationship. Usually with friends with benefits relationships, when they're ready to start having sex with the new person they met, that's when they cut it off with the FWBs. Now, the thing that you have to remember about these relationships is that they're not something that you ever get emotionally involved with. It's going to be something that you're casually enjoying. It's like you're meeting this person and you guys are going to go out, share experiences, have sex, but not take everyone, take each other seriously. And the reason for this is because the relationship is not really built off of anything but that. So you don't really have a bond. And even the friendship that you have is casual and it's going to have a lot of conditions, meaning that, oh, don't call me at this time. Call me before you come over. That kind of thing. Now, true enough, that standard operating procedures for relationships. But here's the difference. This person can break that off at any time. They can start seeing someone new. And then all of a sudden you're banished from their residence. Or you can't come over because they have guests or whatever. And the thing is, your side of the equation is contingent on how successful they are in their pursuit of that other person. If they don't need you, you're out. They run into a problem. They have a breakup. They want to come back to you. Because why? You're the safe bet when it comes down to sex. 
they know they didn't get HIV from you. They didn't get herpes or something like that. So you become the person they monkey branch back to. As you can tell, I'm not a fan of FWBs because I think for more, more than one reason, they're pointless. And a lot of times people don't have contingency plans, such as if the party gets pregnant or something of that sort. So it's kind of a short-lived situation. Now, another thing too. A lot of you young men are out there trying to establish an identity, trying to get some kind of persona. The popular thing now is to be the badass in the streets, to be the gangster, to be the thug. And you're going through every means possible in order to get this persona built up. This is good for theater. This is good for a woman to be entertained by. She's not going to take you seriously, especially if she doesn't see you in that light. You can go and try to be as hard as you want to. You wind up getting locked up or something of that sort. That's where her interest ends with you. She may egg you on to be this guy, to be this tough guy, to be this badass. The minute you get locked up, you're forgotten. She's going to go and find another dude who she's serious about and live her life with him, have a family with him, see a future with him. What you have to remember in a relationship is if that person does not see a future in you, but you're still pursuing them and they have already rejected you and you still are persistent, expect to be used at that point. Because this is what usually happens. I tell you again, being put in the friend zone, a lot of guys think that they can work them their way out of it. No. Very seldom does that happen. I had a friend of mine years ago. Tried talking to her. She put me in the friend zone immediately. Okay. We just be friends. She invited me over to her apartment one day. And I came over. And so, the, you know, the door is open. So I went downstairs, sat down. She said, oh, no, you can come upstairs to the bedroom. So I come upstairs to the bedroom. And when I got there, she had literally taken off all of her clothes and got into the shower. So I'll be out in a minute. I sat on the sofa. She comes out of the shower, dripping wet, naked, drying herself off. And she's asking me, why are you looking at me that way? I said, you know, I still want to fuck you, right? mouth dropped and she was like but you're my friend I said here's the problem you have intermingled friendship with teasing I said now let me go downstairs and wait for you to get dressed and she comes over and she said no you don't have to do that and she gave me a hug well we started kissing and before you know it we got busy and then she felt guilty afterwards and she says you know this is going to ruin our friendship. I said, no, it's not. I said, because I still respect you just as, as I did before. I said, well, what this did show me more so than anything was that you were confused about your boundaries. You were confused about your standards. And she says, well, you know, um, we can go shopping. So we went shopping together. And then I got ready to leave to go home after I dropped her off. And she says, well, why don't you spend the night? I said, that would impede on our friendship, remember? She threw that out the window. And we wound up spending the night together. 
mixed messages are one thing that women are very proficient with, unfortunately. And for us men, when we see this, we start to take it for granted. And we have to make sure that we hold you accountable for those decisions you make. Now, I could have very well said, you know, hey, I'm, we're just friends. We're not having sex. But what she didn't understand was, and I had to underscore it, like I told her. The thing was, you allowed me to go that far with you, which meant that you really liked me. But in a way, you were trying to fight whatever that feeling was that you had in you. Wasn't that I was a special guy, nothing like that. It was all about the emotional narrative that played out in her head. Because I told her my intentions was to date you, to go out with you, and to become your man. She didn't want to be with anybody at the time, so she said. Again, this is the reason why we don't trust honesty with women. Because sometimes they will say this and they will go in a total opposite direction. Now, there are some women that are very confident and very decisive. And we have to respect that. Another thing about mama's boys, too, that I need to also share with you. A lot of mama's boys are not used to rejection. And so what that means is that a woman may tell them, no, well, if mama never told him no, then why the hell is he going to accept no from a woman? Because the way he feels is though, Mama is the ultimate woman. And if she never told me no, then this woman should never tell me no. So this is how many of you ladies wind up with that guy that you told him, now we just be friends. And what she does, she goes and she says, he says, uh-uh, we're not going to be friends. I'm still going to go for you. Now, this is very hard for women to get away from and to get rid of. And sometimes they have to go and have another guy intervene or something like that, or just totally just diss them all together. And it's a very difficult situation. However, there are some women that could tell a man no, and it means something. But here's the difference. With a mama's boy, they're not used to being told no. They're used to being coddled by the mom. And who uses who usually tells a child no in the household? It's going to be his father. Just like with young ladies. Dad will say, you're not walking out of this house and wearing that dress. Better get your ass back in there and change clothes. And women love to hear that from a man. I know it sounds perverse and it sounds odd. Because, see, if a woman is in a situation where she's been able to run over men and the guy just accepts whatever she doesn't respect him because she wants a level of resistance but not so much so that it impugns her character but one where she can see where he's looking out for her best interest it makes her feel more secure it makes her feel as though she's wanted she's cared for because in that regard what happens she feels as though he's got my back he's going to look out for me I don't have to worry about him not showing up 
Another thing with Mama's Voice, and ladies, you probably have experienced this, and if you're listening on anchor.fm backslash romantic truth, I appreciate you. Facebook.com backslash romantic truth. Thank you very much. And Twitter, of course. And we're also on Spotify. One thing I want to tell you is that some of these men are so irresponsible. They feel as though it's okay to go on a date without having a wallet. So they invite a woman out to dinner and they may say, well, I need for you to pick me up. And then they get there. Oh, I forgot my wallet. You hear a lot of this happening, especially if you go on TikTok, you hear women complaining about this all the time. And that's because these men have been conditioned to do this. Where do they get this conditioning from? They get it from their mothers and the women around them that they grew up with. Because these women are going out on dates with men and they don't have any money with them sometimes. And so a lot of these guys think, well, I could take the same characteristic and I could use that with women as well. And they do it. And unfortunately, many of you ladies wind up paying for it. There are people that write in the show all the time about this particular phenomenon. And of course, it's a calculated move on the guy's part. See, what a confident man does, the woman may say, hey, you know what? Why don't we go out to dinner tonight? And you know what? I can't afford it because I don't get paid until next week. That gives her the option to cancel and say, okay, well, maybe we can do it some other time. And it also gives her the option to say, well, you know what? I'll take care of it this time and you pay for it next time, which is understandable. But what you've done, you've effectively effectively communicated to her that, hey, right now you don't have the resources for that. And as long as she understands that, then she can deal with it. It's not a thing where you're giving her any surprises because people don't like surprises when it comes down to that. Well, folks, I'm about ready to call it a night. I hope you're doing well and I thank you guys for listening and I want you to take care and we're going to have more. So make sure that you stay tuned. Again, you can listen to us on Twitter and the Twitter space, Romantic Truth Podcast. You can also listen to us on uh, Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. And you can also listen to us at uh, anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth. Thank you so much and take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. 
All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.